Today's sponsor comes from Herb and Eden. If you're looking for exclusive natural and organic wellness soaps, oils, scrubs, and other wellness products, you can receive a 15% off discount just from being one of our Smart Jewels listeners by clicking the link that is in our show notes and shop Herb and Eden. Sorry about that. Y'all heard the introduction. Uh, we had the intro song as y'all who have been staying tuned with in tune with us uh, from February. That's a, a intro song by an artist named Toby Nwigwe. Uh He's definitely on the hip hop scene, um, breaking down barriers, um, kicking kicking down doors um, by by the masses. He's on tour right now. He's a hip hop uh, artist that just happens to be Christian. Uh, of Nigerian descent, and the title of that song is called Shine. This is the Run the Jewels uh, vidcast series, episode 17. Uh, we're on the line again this evening uh, with one of my special guests. Uh, he's actually a very dynamic uh, brother that's uh, hailing all the way from Jamaica, but currently lives in Atlanta, Georgia, with his wife and his family. Uh, he is into uh, the ministry uh, as as practicing as a youth leader, uh, a, soon to be a youth, a youth minister, a youth pastor. Uh, he's doing some major things uh, out here in the Atlanta community. And again, he's hailing all the way from Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> I just want to give a special shout out to those that are tuning in. Feel free to like, share, uh, ask any questions uh, for my special guest who I'm going to introduce in a second. Uh, this is episode 17 of this month's theme public and professional speaking. Uh, we're on the line uh, this evening with my special guest, Brother Keon Reed. So Keon, can you introduce yourself to those that may be tuning in, bro? Oh, most definitely. Thank you so much again, Julian. This is really an awesome opportunity to be on Run the Jewels vidcast series. And 17 um, is my favorite number, so you got me on the right episode, you know, so that's really good. I love it. I love it, man. I yes, love sir. It. Yes, sir. Um, but, you know, um, for me, as Julian said, you know, I hail from Jamaica and I, I'll do the traditional boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and then, you know, then the, the, the Usain Bolt pose. Yeah. You know, yeah. My ties run strong there. But, you know, I've been in America, specifically here in, in Atlanta for the last 13 years or so. And so, you know, I really call myself a Georgia boy more than anything else at this point in time. But, you know, as Julian said, um, I am a youth leader at New Bethel International Ministries, and we're currently located in Lilburn, Georgia. And I am also uh, work at First Data, and I'm a proposal manager, formerly known as a proposal manager, that is. Um, but I currently serve as a capture marketing professional there. Um, my, my real passion is to see um, the empowerment of our youth um, and especially for those who have been marginalized or coming from third world countries um, and really wanting them to have the resources that they can use and, and understanding that they have deep abilities inside of them and that the sky's the limit really and truly. And so, you know, my MO is really for um, personal professional development because I want us to, to all become our best selves and really impact um, the lives around us. I love it. I love it. And that's what it's all about. For those that are just tuning in, we just had the introduction of my special guest uh, this evening, Brother Keon Reed. 
Uh, he's a dynamic uh, speaker uh, that's on the on the horizon. He's a youth leader, uh, uh, about to be a youth minister, youth pastor sooner than we know. Uh, he's hailing all the way from uh, Jamaica. Uh, for those who, who know, of course, uh, Jamaica is on the line this evening, Brother Keon. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit, uh, man, how long have you been? Uh, here in Atlanta, um, how how long how long have you been um, from, or do you even go back to Jamaica? Give them a little bit of give them a little bit of information for those that that may not know about the Caribbean, bro. Oh, almost oh, definitely. Well, if you haven't been, you have to go to Jamaica first and foremost. You know, it's the the pearl of the Caribbean Sea, but more so than that, I'm talking about the music, the culture, the heritage that we have. Um, there, you know, it, it's it's so rich, you know, everywhere we go, you know, there's a Jamaican there. That's the, the old adage. Um, yeah. but, you know, I would, you know, I, I just really want to be thank God for the opportunity to be brought up in that culture, one with love, you know, one from a Christian faith as well. And, you know, all the, the values that I learned there from a communal aspect to, you know, how that has really developed me as a person and to where I am now. And, you know, that still carries out to where, you know, I am not only in a professional setting, you know, um, the spiritual setting as well and in the community. So I came here in 2005. And since then, you know, I've done most of my schooling here, middle school, high school, you know, I went to Georgia State for my undergrad, went to Emory for my master's degree. And so, you know, I have rich ties to Atlanta. I don't feel like leaving. You know, I'm inviting everybody here, even though there's too much traffic. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you know there's there's just so much here to do um you know Atlanta in itself has such a rich heritage and you know civil rights leaders you know Atlanta being a, a new hub for businesses uh movies everything and so you know I think that it's the ideal place and opportunity for us to spread our wings not only for you know professional growth and development but it's the ideal opportunity to spread the gospel as well and um, really dig deep into the communities and really try to uplift us, you know, and that's across all fronts, no matter what race you're from or whatever, you know, um, background you have. I really believe that this is a place where we can really bond together as a community and grow. I love it, man. I love it. So, yeah, we're on the line with a very powerful uh, young brother uh, that is hailing again from Jamaica, brother Keon Reed. <laughs> Those that are tuning in, uh, definitely, if you have any questions about uh, speaking uh, publicly or professionally, he's a man of, of faith. He's a man uh, of ministry. And so if you have any questions about how to uh, get involved as a, a, a minister or even just get involved in being able to speak uh, with with a church or even through a church ministry, ask uh, ask questions away for Brother Keon. He's going to be able to answer any questions in the thread. Uh, but we're going to be diving in, talking all things of prepping as a speaker, as a minister, as a as a possible pastor in the near future, and also uh, how he uh, is progressing on the speaking circuit. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, Brother Keon, man, I know I know you said you work at First Data, and also uh, you're affiliated with your your home church that you're located at. Like, what got you uh, comfortable? Uh, working with our next generation of youth like how how did how did you go about working with the youth tell us a little bit about the youth well that's that's a good question I think that you know it was something that's natural for me and that I just I love people first and foremost and 
I'm just going through my own experiences from a teenager, you know, traveling through life, you know, own struggles, um, both personally or, or with, you know, community going through school. I, I found um, ways in which I was able to maximize some opportunities that came my way. And I saw how that, you know, more or less kind of separated me from um, some of my peers. And so one of the things for me was that, you know, I wanted I wanted everybody to do better and get better, you know. And so one of the, the areas where, you know, my passion for the youth um, really stems from is just seeing other communities uh, or families, you know, you know, parents not there or broken homes um, or even the church, you know, in the old people kind of saying, you know, you need to get it right, you know, and, you know, and then put them on the front bench. And then, you know, after that, you don't see them anymore. And, you know, it's really one of those things where there's everything that's fighting against the youth, um, you know, from a secular standpoint um, and to even their homes. And so um, I really have a passion to see us grow. And because I think that it all starts at the seed. Yeah. And what happens is that, you know, we have some some seeds and some shoots growing and we don't care for them in the right way. And so, you know, it grows out of whack. And, you know, that's why our penal system is crazy. And, you know, um, incarceration rates, they're growing. And it's just really a lot of challenges that we're seeing with young men, especially. And, um, you know, I, I even see when, you know, I was leaving school and I was like, what's next for me, you know, you know, in terms of a trade or a vocation. And so I see that a lot of us don't have the correct guidance to really push us forward and to help empower us to, you know, become our better selves. And so that's really one of the, the, the strong ties I have to you, the youth of today in that I want them to know that there's somebody here who's gone through some, maybe not all the things that they've been through mm-hmm. and let them know that they have a support system. And I think that's something that they we're not familiar or comfortable um, with in our community to know that there's somebody there. And so, you know, I want to be one of those persons to to be really a crutch or be a stepping stool to make somebody, you know, better than myself or push them into their destiny. Absolutely. And we need young young kings uh, like yourself and, and myself and others that work with the, the next generation, whether it's high school, middle school or even our elementary uh, young kings, young queens, because they need to see that there's another way and that there's also successful uh, young males or even uh, older uh, young young ladies that are doing uh, great things for the, the community and also for the kingdom uh, while here on earth, man. And so um, for those that are just tuning in, uh, just to give another quick shout out, we're on the line with Brother Keon Reed. Uh, he's a youth leader uh, in the ministry, in the community uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Jamaica. Uh, we're asking uh, him all questions concerning how he got involved in youth ministry and also uh, how he prepares and plans as a speaker uh, that is speaking, of course, for the Lord, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but even speaking uh, life into the next generation of youth. And so, uh, bro- Brother Keon, when it when it comes to the youth that you work with, especially uh, at the church that that you're over, like what do you see are some of the concerns or some of the hurdles or obstacles that most of our youth are facing nowadays? Oh my goodness, you opened a can of worms. <laughs> I don't know where to start and I don't know where to end. You know, I think 
um, you know, for the sake of the argument, I'll, I'll start with three. Um, first and foremost, I think there's just a huge disconnect with the church and with this generation. Mm. Uh, we're really struggling and, and trying to find a nuanced approach to really reach the young people because, you know, there's just so much things that's vying for their attention in social media. You know, they're working, they're at school, they have activities that they're attending. And so we really find that there's no place for God. Mm. And so, you know, um, it's Friday night, you know, we have youth fellowship. Oh, there's a football game. There's a basketball game. Oh, my friend has a party. And so, you know, it really becomes a challenge because, you know, those things are exciting. And so if we're not preparing something that's compelling enough for them as young people or even connected with them to how they relate in this current day and time, then there's no connection. You know, we've really lost them. So I'd say the the first thing there is, um, you know, connecting with them and, and making it real for their faith. And so we've seen a lot of ministries, um, you know, both publicly or in the communities that we're, we're working on approaches and ways and means to, to get to our young people and really integrate ourselves there. Um, secondly, I would say that it really boils back down to the homes. You know, what is the home structure? You know, are the parents in church? You know, um, I, I find that um, whether they're in there, the young people may not, you know, be as totally excited as the parents or vice versa. If they're in church and their their parents aren't there or, or any of their extended family, then they probably don't have that support system at home. And so then that becomes an inherent challenge in them, you know, really maintaining and growing their faith. And so balancing that is it's a huge challenge. And then, you know, I would say the the, the third thing would most definitely be themselves you know what is that they want to do for their lives you know are they connecting with a vision or a purpose in god that will compel them to really walk the christian faith or really you know be excited about doing anything for god and so you know we're battling on three different fronts here and and there's much more that we can go um you know to discuss because it's a case-by-case basis because what happens for one young person may not happen for the other. And so we're in this dilemma. How do we do it? And I believe that it has to come from the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. No, no other way. And that's, but, that's totally true, bro. Like you said, because our, our youth nowadays, compared to when we were growing up, they're dealing with much more distractions, yeah. much more uh, obstacles, much more grown uh, decisions that they shouldn't have to make, but that they're making. And so it does take, that spiritual mentor, that spiritual guide and covering uh, just like you are uh, to the youth and um, making sure that they're having direction and they're able to ask questions. And so uh, for those parents that are listening, uh, definitely uh, pay attention. Uh, We're on the line with uh, Brother Keon Reed, who's a youth leader, uh, soon to be youth minister slash pastor. Um, He's talking about how he's uh, been able to change and also uh, been able to speak uh, life into our youth and also uh, his his audiences that he's able to connect with and speak in front of. And so since we're talking about speaking this month, uh, Keon, um, how how has it been for you uh, like speaking, whether it's um, small groups or whether it's even in a presentation or a sermon uh, format and speaking to our youth? Like, how is it 
and what uh, tips do you use uh, when you are speaking to them to draw them in or to, to not push them away? Sure thing. You know, I, I use this as a perfect segue to talk about you. <laughs> so last summer, you know, I was um, at Yara School of Leadership and Ministry and we we're in our preaching lab at that time. And you came as a as a reviewer there at the time. And, you know, you spoke highly of my ability to speak and deliver. And then you gave me some tips and guidance. And I was like, wow, you know, um, from a personal standpoint, I wouldn't have seen that within myself. And so I saw value in you as a coach and a mentor, you know, and your background. Um, and, and I really wanted to connect with you. And when I heard you, I was like, oh, my gosh, listen to his voice. I was like, this man sounds amazing. <laughs> you know, and, and for me, it was compelling because I thought you had um, the, the, the training and you had the confidence to deliver and you made it your own thing. And so one of the things for me, you know, stemming from the comments you gave me at that time over the summer last year um, to now is really to make it my own. Yeah. And one of the things you told me was that, you know, I, you know, I use illustrations. And so I've tried to really incorporate illustrations because that's how I, I learned best. Right. So visuals, you know, and, you know, taking me down a story storyline and, you know, hoping that I don't get lost in the story. And yeah. so one of the things or the first thing I would say is that you have to be comfortable, comfortable in how you speak and mm. how you deliver. Um, that's the biggest thing. And then you have to work and practice on how you're going to um, learn how to manipulate and change things so that you can be effective in whatever audience you you speak with. Right. And so confidence is big. Um, then secondly, um, even or personal sessions, he, you know, one of the things is that you have to study other people. Mm, right? good. You have to you have to learn what works best for them. How do they engage? Because you'll find that you may have um, a little piece that you take from from here and a little piece you take from there and you still craft it to make it your own. And so, you know, you have to be um, open to suggestion, open to ideas, open to criticism and feedback as a speaker. And that's going to help you develop. So you need um, confidence. You definitely need to be studying and practicing and then more than anything else, I say you need to continue to grow, <laughs> continue yeah. to grow in every aspect. Um, and what I mean by that is that you need outside external factors to develop you. Mm. Right. And that means you're talking to someone, you know, I, I talked to my wife about a lot of stuff, you know, let her hear what, what I say. And she's like, ah, oh, that doesn't make sense. She rewrites some of my, my work. Um, not only that, you know, you give me advice. I, I may ask one of the young people, you know, how do you feel about how, you know, I delivered or said this? And then I talk to my peers or I talk to a mentor or someone else and they're giving me feedback, you know. And so on all fronts, I'm able to empower, edify myself so that I may be a better version the next time I'm able to speak with someone. Yeah. And that's what that's what it's all about. Just like Keon is saying for those. For those that are tuning in, uh, follow the jewels that he's dropping. Like you have to have a mentor, a coach, someone that is going to be able to uh, not just speak life into you and also like coach you and direct you, but that sees uh, ways that you can take yourself to the next level, that sees different things that you may need to tweak here or that you may want to consider 
in this regard so that you can perfect your craft because uh, this whole month is is talking about public or professional speaking, whether you're doing it uh, pro bono for free or whether you're looking to get paid or whether you're doing it uh, in getting uh, paid a salary in, in a job or in ministry. Uh, specifically, uh, we need to be able to speak with power and also speak with confidence and authority uh, because no one wants to listen, as you heard Keon said, to someone that's not confident. That's right. Or passionate about what they're saying. And uh, uh, for those that that don't know about uh, Yara Yara uh, School, uh, give them a little brief uh, synopsis, uh, bro, about like Yara and how it affected you or got you more confident or comfortable at at presenting or a sermon or even speaking in public. How did it How did it work for you? Oh, most definitely. Um, so the school in question it's Yara School of Leadership and Ministry. If I'm not mistaken, it's Y S O L M dot org, and so that's led by Apostle Maureen. Uh, Miller and, you know, she's just an amazing, well-studied, well-learned, you know, in-depth teacher. And I, I'm really indebted by, you know, what she was able to pour into me and my classmates in, in one year. And so, you know, I was a part of the, the fifth um, year that she had the school. And so, you know, it takes you through um, Old Testament, New Testament. So, you know, it's a survey. And so you have a better grasp. And it was just so eye opening for me that you've read these stories, you've been through the Bible and seen these things. And there were um, things that were erroneous, I would say, that were taught in our church because there was an understanding or digging deeper behind what the cultural significance was at the at that time that made that scripture relevant. Yes. And word of God relevant. And so the context um, through those two courses really helped me open my eyes to where, you know, we may have been misunderstood. And that's perfectly fine if, you know, we were, your, your thoughts something and, you know, you didn't get a revelation about, you know, what it really was. Then that's fine because we can always learn. We're always learning and always interpreting and, and getting new meaning from things. So um, that was good for me. And so it was really eye opening at that time. And then you know, I transitioned to the, the preaching course, which was a little bit more, you know, along, you know, my strengths. And so, you know, I got feedback from you. I learned practical tips um, in terms of digging into the word, dissecting it um, from the etiology of words and um, just just the different methods and structures to develop your, your speech um, from a, a preaching standpoint and how that, that structure can even be translated to outside and secular um, speeches that I could have given, you know, that was really insightful. And then, you know, after the third course, we went to, uh, it was New Te- Old Testament, New Testament, uh, church history. We went to church history and, you know, I think that was really the jaw dropping portion because a lot of the things that we read in the scriptures in the New Testament, we began to saw the context between you know, between what happened then and how our faith evolved and, you know, burning at the stakes, you know, martyrs for the faith. And it gave me a real understanding of where our faith stems from. Yeah. You know, it's really um, eye-opening for me. Um, and, you know, the the last course, I, which was so monumental to seal the deal in Yara, mm-hmm. was biblical leadership. Mm. And, and, you know, most of the people coming through Yara, you don't necessarily have to be a leader in the church, but it actually prepares you to do that. And one of the things, you know, that was really powerful for me was 
how much character was important as a leader. And not only that, you know, we, it was simple. We watched The Lion King. And <laughs> Mufasa, you know, in, in that video when um, that that's short clip where Simba went to the water and he looked and he saw his father and he looked up in the sky and, and his dad was talking to him and said that, you know, um, Simba, you're, you're more than what you have become. And I was just like, wow. Mm. You know, it's just, it, it was really eye-opening to, to see, you know, like, where am I in my life? Understanding what I know now, how far could I be? What can I retool and change right here, right now to become better? Um, that was one big thing for me. And a second thing that was really eye-opening was that I didn't do enough reflection. Mm. And so as a leader, whether in the church or elsewhere, you have to do reflection um, on yourself, you know, critique yourself. Um, what are your challenges? What are your, your issues? Not only doing an internal introspection, but asking your peers, asking your mentors, you know, have I grown? Have I regressed? You know, what are areas that I can develop? And so, you know, it, it gave a full scope of where I could improve myself. And I'm still learning. I'm yeah. still, you know, utilizing the tools that I get, gathered from Yara um, last year. So one year course, um, real reasonable. I think the entire course, it's under a thousand dollars, but the wealth of information that you get in those five courses will yeah. absolutely blow your mind. And so, you know, I want to say to Apostle Marine, thank you for that. You know, I'm, I'm really going to promote it. I think it's an introductory course that every Christian must take. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out, shout out to, to Yara with Apostle Maureen. Um, yeah doing big things uh, here in the, the Atlanta community, uh, preparing uh, young, innovative and uh, passionate leaders like yourself who are looking to not just go into ministry, but to actually study the full circle of what it means to make an impact as someone yeah. that is a face or a speaker or a minister or a pastor that is is um, knowing what they what they are talking about in front of uh, their ministry that they are put in front of. And so. Uh, for, for those that are tuning in, uh, this is Brother Keon Reed. Uh, he is again a youth leader, uh, here in the Atlanta area, uh, also a dynamic speaker that's on the horizon, uh, hailing from Jamaica. Um, and he actually was, which I want you to go into for the next question. Uh, he was the keynote, uh, speaker, uh, at his graduation ceremony for the Yara, uh, School of Ministry, which is a huge, um, it's a huge, um, just privilege to be a keynote at any type of celebration or any type of graduation, especially if you're actually graduating and you are speaking on behalf of your class. So right. talk, talk a little bit about that experience, uh, bro. And also like, what did you do to prepare for your keynote uh, address to, to your audience and also to the guests that were there? Oh, of course. Um, the, the keynote was really special because the, my classmates, we really grew close in that year, we had our personal challenges. We all wanted to quit, <laughs> you know. Um, and so to make that milestone was really awarding. And I think all my prior classes felt that way. Um, and, you know, I, it had real significance in that, you know, I, you know, with my my family going through or issues, you know, me transitioning from school and going into the workforce and so there's just a whole lot going on and spinning um but i was able in my address to encapsulate what yara meant 
to me and, you know, I walk through each of the courses like I just did um, and really just pointing out the highlights of things that were impactful for us as a class. And, you know, so, you know, reflection, I talked about the convenience of one of my, my classmates in that she was on Skype and we all had to be there. And so, you know, driving through Atlanta traffic to go to class each day, that was tough. But, um, you know, we really were able to relax and unwind and laugh about, you know, those experiences and just to see the combination of our efforts and our hard work pay off in that way was really gratifying. It was really great to have your input because I think that was right on the cusp of the new year. I said that, you know, this is a year of professional development for me. And so I want to take my speech game to the next level. And so, you know, we, we spoke twice before that address on, um, on the 18th of January. And when I went through with you, you gave me some tweaks and nuggets here and, you know, really to personalize my address much more for myself and you know it was warm and exciting to see the crowd and how they responded by laughing and you know for them to have deep thought in it and so you know going back to the the, the point about mentorship and 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 leadership from you know your coaches and even yourself as a leader and taking onus on perfecting your craft and making sure that you're best in any situation that that was really awesome and so you know, I, I thank Apostle Marine for the opportunity to be that the, the valedictorian, the keynote speaker, and then also for my my pastors, uh, Apostle Devon Swaby and Prophetess Jacqueline Swaby to you know even encourage me to go there. And my parents, my wife, um, it was really a warm and splendid thing for me to be there to share with my classmate as the keynote, and so. It all stemmed from hard work and it all stemmed from reinforcement and encouragement and guidance from you as well as others and their critiques. Yeah, because that's a huge that's a huge accomplishment and also a huge achievement. Uh, as I told Keon, um, I'm, I'm definitely uh, very uh, proud and, and excited for your future, man, because uh, being in an actual like a program like the Yara School of Ministry and being tapped on the shoulder to speak on behalf of your class and also just speak to the public that has been invited. That's, that's a huge task, man. So talk about like, was it, was it any uh, fear that may have crept up when you were tapped on the shoulder? Cause I know you've uh, spoken in front of people uh, for a keynote address before, but talk a little bit about were there any uh, fears that crept in? Like how did you combat those fears for those that may be looking to do a keynote address anytime soon? Oh yes, definitely. Um, and you, you touched on, you know, doing another keynote and that was at Georgia State. I was the, the commencement speaker for the class of 2018. Right on. Yeah, for the Honors College. And so, um, that was a great opportunity. So there, there were multiple times that I rehearsed with the, um, with the Honors College staff there. So, you know, preparation is key. And right before I went up there, there was this reservation and anxiety, like, oh my goodness, it's a room of 200 plus people. These are, your, you know, my previous mentors and, um, you know, distinguished educators and new students. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, what's gonna, what's gonna happen? But I think that preparation is key in times like those because once you begin to speak, 
you have to believe as um, as a speaker, you're now in your element, right? When you're out there in in the crowd and you're getting ready, you're outside of your element. But once you hit the stage, you're the one, you're the expert at that time. You have the notes, you have the the confidence. So just deliver. And so there's always that that reservation, that anxiety that creeps up for me at least right before I touch the stage. But then once I get there and I'm in my element, and I know that I have a purpose to say something that can edify and build someone, then that changes that fear and that reservation into confidence. And I always make sure I pray before I, I, I step before people because I believe that I can go up there and speak total foolishness and nonsense and someone be totally amazed and be like, Oh my gosh, that was great. I'm there. What are what are you talking about? Right. That was your name. You know, you know what I mean? So um it's it's just the confidence or reassurance that you're 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 ordinary and God's extra makes you extraordinary when you come before people. And so, you know, even with Yara, when I gave that speech, you know, my wife was in the audience and my mom was in the audience and then, you know, leaders and friends and church. So this one was much closer to home. And sure, some of them have heard me speak before, but in this forum was a little bit nerve wracking because, you know, I wanted to be the best at that, that point in time. Um, but having the reassurance, you know, with your preparation as well as, you know, my wife giving me that boost, it was, it was really a remarkable, uh, um, experience and you know I got a lot of you know comments and applauses for for that address and so there will always be an element of anxiety especially if you're not prepared and you know that's something I also want to to mention that you know if you're not prepared and you try to wing it you will come off as being really lackluster and yeah. you know no one wants to to feel as if like you're not that person and so one of the things I would encourage is that as you're transitioning to do that big speech or that next speech, it may even be in front of the youth group or at work, is that try and tape it, try and listen to it, mm. hear where you stumble, hear where you naturally want to take your pauses because the more you review yourself is the more comfortable you're going to be. And so, you know, I found that even when I'm less prepared than other times, just that confidence in knowing that, you know what, I I can pull this cue here and I can run with this cue for five minutes and then I can go over here and pull this other cue and work with it. And so, you know, just being comfortable in your skin, comfortable in the position makes you makes you much more natural and not seemingly, you know, out of whack or anxious. And so, you know, it, you lose credibility in what you're saying. So, Preparation is key yes. and it'll help you to, to be confident in your presentation. Yeah, and that's that's huge. Uh, just as Keon said, for those speakers or even those ministers or, or future um, ministers or speakers or pastors that may be watching, um, which I want you to talk a little bit more in depth about, bro. Like a lot of folks you and I know, especially that are in ministry, they may rely on like the, the anointing and when the Holy Ghost hits them that they're just going to be go be going uh, freely in the spirit as the spirit is, is speaking through them. But uh, from especially what the Yara School of Ministry, I know, taught you all, because I was one of the evaluators that was able to evaluate. There's a lot of technical um, there's a lot of technical preparation and a lot of technical uh, speaking that goes into being a person in ministry that is 
uh, speaking in front of uh, youth or even speaking in front of adults. And a lot of times um, we do see that that uh, you can tell the difference between those leaders that are practicing and are prepping, just like you mentioned, and those that are just winging it. Uh, so, so talk a little bit about uh, what uh, you've seen, especially as someone in the audience now and now that you've yeah. actually gone and done your keynote address and you're learning and perfecting your craft so that you are prepping. Like, uh, talk about the difference between those that wing it versus those that are actually prepping and working on the technical part of speaking. No, that's a very good question. Um, first off, I, you know, let's let's establish that, you know, as speakers are in the faith, we have to allow or, you know, rely on the Holy Spirit. And so some some may go off the cuff and preach and minister, whichever um, without the actual notes and documents. And that's because you're purely relying on the anointing and letting God lead you. And so that has its place, most definitely. However, as a leader, we are responsible for making sure that we come to the people prepared. Mm-hmm. And there's, of course, you know, extenuating circumstances, whereas, you know, you can't be 100% ready when you show up there. And then, you know, you just have to depend on God. But as I said, it is our responsibility to make sure that we have foundation in terms of how we are preparing for whatever it is that we want to do or speak on and that we're entrusting the Holy Spirit to guide us with our delivery. We're finding the right examples. We're making sure that we're not, you know, exegeting the scripture incorrectly and say, oh, Jesus wept. And then we're like, oh, everybody in the church must cry. Right. What? You know, like why, you know, there's, there's no context. There's no relation there. It doesn't add up, you know. And so that means that we have to study to show ourselves approved, meaning understanding the word of God. So when we go before people, right, even if there's no anointing, even if you're just a lame, you know, um, plain, um, layman speaker, it should be factual and accurate. And that should be the basis and foundation of our delivery, factual and accurate. And being yourself, right? And then beyond that, you are relying on the Holy Spirit to do whatever he, he pleases because it's his church, it's his people, and he it's his voice and what he wants to compel them to see and move among them. Absolutely. And that's hitting it on the head for those that uh, are believers or even those that do attend uh, churches. You can tell. As Keon said, those pastors or ministers or those church leaders that do prepare versus just uh, them relying on the anointing or the Holy Spirit to lead them, because it's like a shift. Even when I heard you all, which you can you can chime in if you want, Keon, when um, uh, you guys were being evaluated and I was one of the guest evaluators there. Like I remember um, some of the other guests um, that were evaluating, including Apostle Maureen, like they didn't even want to waste time. On, on those presenters that didn't prepare for their presentation or didn't prepare for their speech. And that's something that I, I saw in you. Talk about, uh, talk about uh, really quick, bro, uh, before we go into the last question, because I know we're winding down. Like, what is the difference between those that prepare and those that don't prepare? Like, what is the end result that you even saw from being a student in the class versus uh, now you're a graduate of the class where for those that actually stuck in they did their work. They did their homework. They did their preparation. Like, what is the difference results that you saw? Right. Um, you know, I'll caveat everything with 
with my favorite quote um, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Heights by great men reach and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept, mm. were toiling upward through the night. And so if you want to be a great man or woman, you have to work. Mm. Right. And, you know, in this current climate, you know, th- there's just so much going on. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, for, for example, in our preaching lab, just extenuating circumstances, you know, people couldn't prepare. And so, you know, for whatever reason, I'm fortunate that they couldn't. So you didn't see the best of them. Right. However, when, you know, they were able to spend the time, do the research, you know, prepare the document, it was a night and day difference. Mm. And so in those situations, you see um, when you're truly committed to the craft, you know, you're consistent at working and developing whatever it is, it really blossoms into something great. You know, and going back to Longfellow's comment, a great man, he works hard even when other people aren't doing it. And so as it comes to pointing out the distinction between, you know, a person who's average and a person who is above average here, um, it boils down to going the extra mile. Absolutely. And it, it's, I can't say it's easy. It, it's not. I can't shirk it. Like some people just have the natural born ability and, you know, they, they exceed and they do well in whatever facet that they have, you know, that specific talent. Um, and then others, you know, we work for it. But I really think that it boils down to preparation at the, the baseline. Like that's where it starts because even someone, you know, like you and I, Mm-hmm. I could have prepared a month. You prepared the night before, right? Mm-hmm. And I may show up, and I may not do a good job, right. right? And so when you you're there, and you know if we're on the same level, you come and you just blow it out the park. And so you know there's other things that come come with this territory of speaking, in that you know you may prepare for a long time, but you still may not show up, and so. We have to figure out how can I, as a speaker, show up every time. Mm. But mm. it starts with preparation first, right? If you're not prepared, you can only do so much. You're going to wing it, and you might get people lost. You won't have clear, concise thoughts. You, your illustrations won't be sharp. You know, you won't be able to, to transform people's minds with what you bring forth to them. And so that's the risk you run in not preparing. You, you're not impactful and you're not influences influencing someone's change of thought and shift in how they become someone greater when you don't prepare. So at the baseline, if you just write out your notes and you go through it, somebody can just take it and run with it and they can do with it what they want to. But how much more impactful will it be if you have all those notes and you deliver something that's compelling and transformational when you stand before people. And so that's the difference. We run the risk of not touching lives when we're unprepared and we don't do our best jobs. Absolutely. And Brother Keon is dropping jewels for y'all that some of those who may be going into speaking or want to go into speaking or you want to speak on behalf of your business, your product or your brand, like that's what separates the greats from those that are average. A person that did not prepare is able to basically uh, be 
uh, getting more attention or getting the nod uh, from the, the person uh, that did prepare that sooner or later, that luck streak is going to run out. That's right. Those That's right. Those are typically the speakers, the, the pastors, the ministers, or even the teachers or coaches that end up falling flat on their face because people know that they they were built on a weak foundation, just as Keon said. And if you want to build a strong house, you have to have a strong foundation. Yes, because That's right. Preparation is king. We're, we're, we're in it for the long haul. It's not about getting quick fixes or quick money or taking shortcuts especially when you are, are speaking, it's a process. It's a system. Uh, a lot of speakers, as I tell Keon and, and some of my other clients that I work with for speaking, coaching and speech coaching, it, it actually takes a full like five to 10 years to fully walk in your full purpose in speaking. All the folks that we look up to, the Tony Robbins, John Maxwell's, E.T., the hip hop preachers, whoever you may look up to, T.D. Jakes, uh, Joe Osteen, it takes a good five to 10 years to really be able to speak fluid in your purpose and in your in your passion. And so right. whether you're preparing right now, five years from now, whether you've been preparing for five years or more, like that's when you're going to be fully walking in your in your power and also in your purpose. And so uh, as we get as we get ready to have you close us out with a final jewel uh, really quick, uh, uh, Brother Keon, cause I know I know you are a married man. And you are a father. You got to do. Like, how can people reach out to you if they have any questions on uh, you as being a, a church leader or a youth leader or even just about speaking? Like, what are some ways that they can reach out to you via social media, via email? What are some ways they can reach out to you, bro? Oh, of course. Of course. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, so uh, I, I, I'll say I'm embarrassed because I just... Uh, I just made my Instagram like last week, so I don't have a lot of followers. <laughs> but you know, um, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at underscore Keon Reed, and that's underscore K E O N R E I D, and that's Instagram and Twitter at underscore Keon Reed. Then I'm on Facebook, Keon Reed, the handsome one that you find at the top of the page. <laughs> I love it. And then I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's Keon Reed as well. I think I'm the only one there. I should pop right up. And then um, I'm currently in the stages of building out my website, and it will be KeonReed.com. That's K-E-O-N-R-E-I-D.com. So more details to follow on that. You know, I'm really pushing hard. Um, big projects in the works right now, and so they'll be coming into fruition very, very soon. Um, so, you know, those are the ways to reach me. If you want to email me, keon.reid at alumni.emory.edu. That's keon.reid at alumni.emory.edu. Emory.edu. So you're an uh, 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 you're a Emory alumni, right, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. About shout out to all the Emory alumni that all the Eagles, man, all the Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles that may be watching definitely come and support uh, Brother Keon Reed's uh, ministry and also his 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 businesses because I know he's going to have multiple businesses in the near. That's right, that's right, sir. He's a young a young lion that that's ready to uh, grab hold of of all of the opportunities that that God is blessing him with. He reminded me. As I told him of like a young Marcus Garvey, uh, for those that do study, 
uh, African diaspora um, um, heroes and also leaders He's of Jamaican descent. Uh, definitely uh, was a very prominent figure uh, with the black entrepreneurship and black power movement. Uh, but definitely Keon is a powerful speaker that's on the rise. Uh, stay tuned and definitely keep it, keep your eyes on him. He's going to be doing some great things. And so what we always do, uh, uh, bro, we, we allow the guests to leave a final jewel of wisdom or a final jewel of knowledge, uh, based off of someone that may be watching, uh, that does want to go into ministry or they just want to, uh, be able to increase their faith to be confident enough to speak in front of people or to speak to the youth. Uh, to speak to their audience that they that they would like to uh, be called to uh, to speak at or speak in front of? Like, what would you tell that person that may be watching as a final jewel of wisdom? Oh, wow. Put me on the spot. This is a good one. I, I have a good answer for it for that one. Um, it stems from being yourself. But more so, my jewel is don't let anyone discredit your voice. Hmm. Um, we, we all have the ability to create with our word. Um, we all have the ability to destroy with our word. And so use wisdom, be cautious, be slow to speak, right? Think about what you're going to say. Um, evaluate everything that you're, you're, you're dealing with and, you know, make whatever you say be of value. Um, so, you know, I would say use your voice. More importantly, don't let anyone discredit your voice. You know, I think that we can learn from little kids. We can learn from the, the seasoned folk. Um, and so be open to listening. Uh, and then the more that you listen, the more that you can learn. You can interpret it in your own way. And then you can regurgitate it so that you can bless someone else's life. So my final jewel is that don't let anyone discredit your voice. Use wisdom and speak. I love it, man. I love it. And that's a, that's a jewel. Uh, that's a mouthful for those, uh, that were able to hear his final jewel. Uh, my, my final jewel is just in reference to mentorship and also coaching. Um, you have to have someone show you the way. Uh, you have yes. to have someone that invests in you, that sees the light, uh, in you, that sees, uh, that you have potential to be great and do great things. We know the importance of in athletics or in sports, the importance of the coach's role or even uh, the trainer's role. Forget the coach. You even have to have a good trainer that can prepare your body enough to sustain a whole entire season before the coach is even able to really coach you at the high level that you need to be at. So who is your trainer? Who is your coach? Who is your mentor that you have? Because if you say you want to go into this, this thing we call speaking or this thing that we call uh, ministry, this thing we call motivational speaking, coaching, uh, you have to have someone that is walking with you throughout your journey. And so uh, that's my final jewel. Um, I'm also uh, available if you are looking to work on your speaking craft or speaking coaching. I'll drop my link in the comment thread. Uh, Keon is, is one of my very uh, successful and, and prominent clients that I'm working with right now. Uh, he's been on the fast track, uh, definitely excited for this man's future. Uh, he's doing great things, y'all, in the community. And shout out for him representing Jamaica very well here in the ATL. Uh, but yeah, stay connected to this brother Keon and also the, the, the Run the Jewels vidcast series. Uh, we're going to be talking to a few more uh, presenters uh, this, this month. 
from uh, financial recruiting uh, to uh, recruiting for colleges and also recruiting uh, for uh, corporate corporations. Uh, we've already talked to speakers that are vocal coaches, spoken word artists. Uh, we got a lot of folks that are dropping jewels. If you are considering going into public or professional speaking, stay tuned. And so it's been a pleasure serving with you, bro. I know, I know you got, you got, uh, uh father duties and also, uh, man of God duties to do. So I'm going to say a quick prayer and then yes, I'm going to close this out real quick, man. Uh, father God, we just, uh, thank you, uh, for, uh, brother Keon Reed, our special guest this evening, uh, for just, uh, being vulnerable to share. Uh, his his um, impact that he is making uh, as a up and coming uh, di- dynamic uh, youth leader and also uh, youth minister slash pastor. Uh, we thank you for uh, the seeds that you have planted within him that are coming uh, full circle to grow and become ripe uh, enough for his message and also his uh, purpose to be heard by uh, thousands, even millions of people on an international level, all the way down to a domestic level. Uh, we thank you for his future business, his ministry that you are working uh, out in him right now. And we just uh, thank you for the youth that he is uh, covering and also sowing into and speaking life into uh, with his his um, his role in the church right now. And we just ask, Father, uh, that you will continue to bless him, continue to uh, provide him with the resources and the tools to be successful at whatever he puts his mind and his hands to. And we thank you again for his voice of wisdom and also his voice of, of a purpose that is higher uh, than all of us and what we can even uh, imagine right now. And it's in Jesus' name we give thanks. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Man, that's so hey, that's what it's all about. We got we got, right. we got to get ready to, to uh, allow our purpose and our calling uh, to, to become our, our reality. So I appreciate you, bro. You know we're going to be in touch. Keep up the great work. And definitely uh, reach out to Keon if y'all have any questions for him, man. We'll talk soon, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you so much again. I appreciate it. All the best. God bless everybody. No doubt, bro. Peace.